Over the years, he had attracted many critics for his cold demeanor and his drive to win. None of that bothered me. He had a favorite saying back then. I don't produce sissy runners. This made perfect sense as far as I was concerned. What he did produce was the best collegiate female runners, and that was all I needed to know. Peter was definitely a father figure to all of his girls, but Mary and I saw him as nothing short of God. He trained us to race in the European style, which meant being prepared to take a little abuse, a spike in the shin or an elbow in the ribs, and still keep running as fast as possible. He also trained us to be more aggressive ourselves, a new concept to me. I was a rhythm runner. I did best when I trained to get into peak physical shape, set a pace just at the top of what I could do, and stuck with it for the entire race. So some of what Peter pushed me to do was outside of my comfort zone. But I also knew that a strategic move or show of aggression could help me in races where I was pitted against a woman who was actually faster. My first big track race as a college athlete was the indoor mile. I felt like the eyes of the entire state were on me. I was a local, and I had chosen to attend a state school rather than head off to seek glory and sunshine in California. While most would have seen this as a tick in the win column out of the gate, of course I didn't. For me, it meant I had no choice but to win, as usual. I did exactly what Peter told me to do, always, and I did win that first race. In fact, when I stuck to his plan, I always won. I did have one setback in the fall of my freshman year, when I came in second in my race at the cross-country nationals. I wasn't used to losing, and I didn't like it one bit. But cross-country was not my specialty, so it wasn't the end of the world. Also, the runner who won was Canadian, which meant I was still the best American female runner in that event. I had lost, but as a freshman in college, I was already holding my own against the best. Peter praised the runners who he felt earned that attention, and I came to crave his approval, just as I had with my dad. Determined to make Peter proud, I made sure to never let him down. I was golden and determined to stay that way. Unsurprisingly, Peter's attention inspired jealousy from some of my teammates. This didn't feel good, but I honestly didn't care. I only cared about what Peter cared about, and Peter cared about winning. Peter had good intentions, but he was strict, and not just about his training regimen and how he expected us to behave during races. Peter recruited the most driven runners he could find, runners who, like me, were willing to do absolutely anything to be the best, and many of the girls he trained over the years developed eating disorders. I don't think that there is a direct link or blame to be placed. The 1980s were a different time in sports, and we were much less sophisticated in our knowledge of nutrition and how it could impact performance. There were no perfectly calibrated dietary guidelines for athletes, no protein shakes or energy bars. We were also teenage girls, having our first experience away from home. We didn't think about balancing what was on our plates. We'd eat an entire bag of cookies or whatever junk food was salty, fatty, or sweet, and then do what we had to do to get rid of the excess in our bodies.
None of the coaches or trainers thought to address anorexia and bulimia as mental health disorders that required intervention and treatment. The bulimia I had developed in high school was full-blown by the time I started college. I didn't think I could change my behavior around food if I was going to keep winning, and I knew I couldn't stop winning. So, I devised a method to manage my bulimia. Every day, I brought two bags to the dining hall, one plastic, one paper. I stuffed the plastic bag with large quantities of the kinds of comfort foods that were popular in the Midwest, casseroles, mashed potatoes, and brownies, and then put the plastic bag inside the paper bag so no one could see what was